Hey, y'all. Welcome back as we move along through this amazing book of Jeremiah, who speaks so eloquently about the future as well as the current. And he ties in these warnings so tightly. And keep in mind, uh, something that just really occurred to me that I want to share is Jeremiah is speaking to Christ followers. He's speaking, not Jesus hadn't come yet, but believers in God. God's children. He's speaking to the tabernacle, the temple. He's speaking to the Israeli leaders, the priests, the prophets, the people that were put in place to lead the Israelites to God. He's not speaking to the Gentile nations and the sinners. He is speaking to God's people and he's sending warnings of check your heart, check your motive. What are you serving? Are you serving God or everything around you? And I think a lot of times it's easy for religious people to bash other people over the head with religion when that's not what God called us to do. He called us to shine the light to those around us, to shine his love, his mercy, his grace, and to let them be blessed and see how blessed we are in our lives by God. And then they would want God to That's what he desired for Israel, but they refused to listen. They refused to follow God. If they followed God, they would be a blessing to the nations around them, and they are not being a blessing to the nations around them. We know that. We see it in the news. God desired them to follow him, to worship him, to follow his lead, to let him guide them through every step, and that they would have blessings and they'd be able to not only occupy the land, but enjoy the land. And they would be a blessing to the nations around them as well. But they're refusing. They continually turn their backs on God, worship everything around them, much like we do today in our time and place. And not us personally, but you see our nation doing that. And He continually gives warning after warning, crying out for God's people to wake up, to choose God and to select God over everything else around him and chase after him with all your guts because nothing else matters. The only thing we take to heaven with us is God's word and the people we take with us because we shared God's word. And he reminds us that time and time again. And with that, we're going to go into this beautiful story of the potter and the clay in chapter 18, verse 1. The Lord gave me another message The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and I found the potter working at his wheel, but the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started all over. So if the, and when you look at a potter creating a clay piece, if the clay is soft and willing, the, the, potter has an option to form the clay. And just like us, we have to be soft and willing and let God recreate us into what he wants our lives to be and to follow his will for our lives. In verse five, then the Lord gave me this message. Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as the potter has done to this clay? As the clay in this potter's hand, so are you in my hand. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down and destroyed, But then that nation renounces its evil ways. I will not destroy it as planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. He says, look, I'm sovereign. I will judge people. God is the only judge. It's not up to us. We need to stay in our lane. God is sovereign over the nations. And we we need to remember he is on the throne. He is in control. We can trust him. In verse 11, 
Therefore, Jeremiah, go and warn all of Judah and Jerusalem. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. I am planning disaster for you instead of good. So turn from your evil ways, each of you, and do what is right. But the people replied, don't waste your breath. We will continue to live as we want to, stubbornly following our own evil desires. Oh, how this reminds me of America today. I'm sorry, y'all, but it just does. And Clay, Clay, if you think about Clay, Clay is not beautiful until the hands, thoughts, and plans of the potter form it. The potter creates the masterpiece, and we need to keep our hearts soft so God can shape us into his masterpiece. Let him form us. In verse 13, so this is what the Lord says, has anyone ever heard of such a thing? Even among the pagan nations, my virgin daughter Israel has done something terrible. Does the snow ever disappear from the mountaintops of Lebanon? Do the cold streams flowing from those distant mountains ever run dry? But my people are not so reliable, for they have deserted me. They burn incense to worthless idols. They have stumbled off the ancient highway and walked in muddy paths. Therefore, their land will become desolate, a monument of their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will shake their heads in amazement. I will scatter my people before their enemies as the east wind scatters dust. And in all their trouble, I will turn my back on them and refuse to notice their distress. So God is rejecting the people because the people rejected God. He's like, look, you reject me. Go ahead and have your idols. Go ahead and, and, and do what you want. You want to do what you want and live as you want so badly? Do it then. But don't call on me when it gets rough. He's like, I will let you have what you want. And they want sin. They want evil. In verse 18, then the people said, come on. Let's plot a way to stop Jeremiah. We have plenty of priests and wise men and prophets. We don't need him to teach the word and give us advice and prophecies. Let's spread rumors about him and ignore his ways. And I'm sorry, ignore what he says. So he he's calling out truth in the word of God, but they don't like it. They don't like the truth or the word of God. So they're going to start verbally abusing Jeremiah. They did the same to Jesus. So the verbal attacks will come and we can expect it. If we're choosing to follow Christ in our life, we can expect the enemy to not love it and to to retaliate and attack. And it often comes by verbal attacks. In verse 19, Lord, hear me and help me. Listen to what my enemies are saying. Should they repay evil for good? They even dug a pit to kill me, though I pleaded for them and tried to protect them from your anger. So let their children starve. Let them die by the sword. Let their wives become childless widows. Let their old men die in a plague. And let their young men be killed in battle. Let screaming be heard from their homes as warriors come suddenly upon them. For they have dug a pit for me and have hidden traps along my path. Lord, you know all about their murderous plots against me. Don't forgive their crimes and blot out their sins. Let them die before you. Deal with them in your anger. So keep in mind, Air, Jeremiah is, he's emotionally charged. They, he keeps bringing message after message and being obedient to God. And they are blatantly attacking him, refusing to listen. And he's got to be getting emotionally exhausted. And he cries out to God. Where does he bring his emotions? Straight to God. God wants us to be honest with him. And he has righteous anger. He's angry at their sin. He's angry at their evil. And that is okay. It is okay to be righteously angry at sin and evil and wickedness. It's not okay to sit in it and act out in it. And um, 
they're they're continually continually rebuking Jeremiah, calling him out, threatening to kill him. And God continually gives them warning after warning. God's patient and wants to mold them. He's giving them chance after chance, but they want to silence the messenger. They think that by silencing the messenger, they're going to silence the Lord, but the Lord will not be silenced. He is God and God is sovereign and he will bring forth his plan. And he cries out in righteous anger, honestly and openly to God. He brings it straight to God. And A lot of times we're exposed to sin and wickedness so often that it becomes numb and we become complacent and apathetic. And God didn't call us to be apathetic. He called us to hate evil, to hate wickedness and hate sin. And we need to be praying against wickedness, evil and sin. And we need to be standing firm and praying continually and standing firm in God and what he says is right for our lives. In verse 1 of 19, this is what the sovereign Lord said to me. Go and buy a clay jar, then ask some of the leaders of the people and of the priests to follow you. Go out through the gate of broken pots to the garbage dump in the valley of Ben-Hanan and give them this message. Say to them, listen to the message from the Lord, you kings of Judah and citizens of Jerusalem. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel says, I will bring a terrible disaster on this place and the ears of those who hear about it will ring. For Israel has forsaken me and turned this valley into a place of wickedness. The people burn incense to foreign gods, idols, never before acknowledged by this generation, by their ancestors, or by the kings of Judah. And they have filled this place with the blood of innocent children. They have built pagan shrines to Baal, and there they burn their sons and sacrifices to Baal. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. So beware for the time is coming, says the Lord, when this garbage dump will no longer be called Topheth or the Valley of Ben-Hinnon, but the Valley of Slaughter. For I will upset the careful plans of Judah and Jerusalem. I will allow the people to be slaughtered by invading armies, and I will leave their dead bodies as food for the vultures and wild animals. I will reduce Jerusalem to ruins, making it a monument to their stupidity. All who pass by will be astonished and will gasp at the destruction they see there. I will see to it that your enemies lay siege to the city until all the food is gone. Then those trapped inside will eat their own sons and daughters and friends, and they will be driven to utter despair. As these men watch you, Jeremiah, smash the jar you brought, then say to them, This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. As the jar lies shattered, so I will shatter the people of Judah and Jerusalem beyond all hope of repair. They will bury the bodies here in Topheth, the garbage dump, until there is no more room for them. This is what I will do in this place and its people, says the Lord. I will cause this city to become defiled like Topeth. Yes, all the houses in Jerusalem, including the palace of Judah's kings, will become like Topeth. All the houses where you burn incense on the rooftops to your star gods and where liquid offerings are poured out to your idols. Then Jerusalem returned then Jeremiah returned from Topeth, the garbage dump, where he had delivered this message, and he stopped in front of the temple of the Lord. He said to the people there, This is what the sovereign Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I will bring disaster upon this city and its surrounding towns as I promised, because you have stubbornly refused to listen to me. So God's saying enough. He's been patient. He's been persistent. He's given warning after warning. But so Baal was a god that they would worship and request rain from, and they would perform 
sexual immoral practices in honor of this worship to this false god and they would also burn their children alive in an in a sacrificial offer to these false gods and they would do it at this topeth valley in the valley of topeth is often referred to as um the the valley of hades and death and hell and he is going to bring destruction to these people when when god can no longer mold our hearts when they become so cold that, that they are going to refuse to repent and turn to him judgment comes when people start burning children alive and killing and torturing children judgment comes god can soften hardened hearts but he knows when they will no longer soften he knows when the time is too late and there's nothing else he can do to try to bring someone's heart around to him God wants every soul saved. He wants every person to choose him, but he's not going to force it. And when people start sacrificing their own sons and daughters in this garbage dump, he just is done and judgment is coming and the time is out and it is going to come forth just as Jeremiah says. And the same applies today. He will try. He will pursue. He, Jesus intercedes for every lost soul. He intercedes for every child of God. He intercedes for us continuously. They, God desperately wants every soul to be saved, but it is up to us. Jeremiah's only message through this whole book is get right with God or destruction is going to come. And his message is obviously not received well, just like it isn't today. He calls out to us today the same message. Get right with God. Repent. Turn to Jesus. Let him save you. Jump in the lifeboat. Trust him with your life and you will be spared. You will be part of the faithful remnant that is left to restore and bring forth a new Jerusalem. And there is a new Jerusalem coming for us as well. And we can choose to be part of that faithful remnant that stands firm no matter what and won't be shook by the evil, wicked world around us. Thanks, y'all. I hope you're having a great day.